Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. How can we access the resurrection power? How can we access the power that is able to change destiny? The power that is able to restore authority? The power that is able to restore hope? The one that is able to restore life? How can you access that power? Look at John chapter 11. John chapter 11, read from verse number 20. The Bible tells us, Lazarus was about to die. Send a message to Jesus. Jesus took some extra time where he was. Eventually, Lazarus died. Four days in the tomb. Jesus now decided to visit them. Picking the story up from verse number 20, the Bible says that Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. In other words, if the power that you carry, if the presence of God that is with you, if that presence was here, I know that Lazarus wouldn't have died. I know he's dead, even now. Whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. That was the confidence that Martha had. That was the confidence, that is the faith that he had in Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus now responded to Martha's comment. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. In other words, the power that is able to transform, the power that is able to give hope, the power that is able to give life, is going to hit your brother and he will be alive again. Your brother will rise again. Martha said, yes, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. In other words, Martha could not imagine. The power of the Almighty God hitting a dead man that has been four days in the tomb. He could not imagine that the power of resurrection can turn that situation around. But he said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, you are looking at the resurrection. I am the resurrection. I am the life. He that believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. He said, do you believe this? In other words, we don't have to wait until the resurrection before you encounter the power of the Almighty God. You don't have to wait until one particular set time until you begin to see God move on your behalf. Jesus is saying, now is that time. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. He said, do you believe it? And Martha said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Here we see the Lord Jesus Christ telling Martha the secret of accessing the resurrection power. Jesus said, I am that resurrection. I am that life. I am that hope that you are looking for. I am that particular destiny changing power that comes upon the life of an individual. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Say, so do you believe this? was asking Martha a very direct question. Jesus is saying, I am what you need to be able to experience that particular resurrection power. 
In other words, the Lord is telling matter that the way to encounter that life-restoring power, that hope-restoring power, power that changes the destiny of man, the way to encounter the resurrection power, the way to access the resurrection power is through the power of faith in the Son of the living God. Accessing the resurrection power is through the power of faith. Jesus made it very clear. It is not faith in a system. It is not faith in an institution. It is not faith in a church. It is not faith in any particular pastor. It is faith in the one who is the resurrection and the life. Because if you have faith in systems, they are going to disappoint. If you have faith in human beings, they are going to fail you. If you have a faith in pastor, no matter how anointed they are, they are still human. They will do what human beings do. But the faith that gives you access to the power that brings hope, the faith that gives you access to the power that brings life, the faith that gives you access to the power that transforms your destiny is faith in the power, in the person who is the resurrection and who is the life. In other words, accessing the resurrection power requires faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the resurrection and the life that we're talking about. What does that mean? What does it mean to have faith? In the person who is the resurrection and the life. What it simply means is having faith in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Believing who he is and who he claims to be. What does it mean to have faith in the person who is the resurrection and the life? It means believing, having faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Now, many of us understand, many of us have heard the word faith, 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 being thrown around in the church. And the question is, what is faith and how can faith give you access to the resurrection power? What is faith? What is faith and how can it give you access to the resurrection power? Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, reading from verse number 1. Bible says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Anyone who has spent time in church would have heard this definition of faith. You would have seen it at one point in time. But the thing is that what does it really mean? What does it really mean? When the Bible says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, the Bible is telling us that faith is a tangible thing. Faith is a tangible thing. Faith is the substance of things. It's a tangible thing. The Bible is talking about faith is a demonstrable thing. It's not just something that you have and nobody can see. It is demonstrable. And how is it demonstrated? It's demonstrated by your action, by the things that you do. Number three, when the Bible says that faith is a substance of things hoped for, it's telling us that faith is provable. Faith is provable. Faith is demonstrable. In other words, when you have faith, people will know. It can be demonstrated by the actions that you are taking. And not only that, faith is measurable. There's an evidence that can be seen. You can measure the faith of an individual by the actions that they are taking. In other words, this thing that we call faith is not abstract. Faith is not abstract. Faith is not nebulous. But Bible faith is a tangible, measurable, and verifiable confidence in the Almighty God. Bible believing faith is a tangible faith, is a measurable faith, and is a verifiable confidence in the Almighty God. Faith is action based on trust and confidence in the Almighty God. In other words, because I trust God to provide, I am willing to give. Because I trust God to protect me, I am not going to live my life in fear. Because I trust God to provide, I am not going to continue to live a life of hoarding. Because I trust God, 
I'm willing to do X, Y, and Z. I've given you the example before in this room. Because you have faith, because you have a tangible faith, because you have a measurable faith, because you have a verifiable faith, that the chair that you are sitting on right now is strong enough to carry you, that is why you are sitting on it. If you do not believe, or you are not convinced, or you have no confidence in the strength of the chair, you will not sit on it. You refuse to sit on it because you have no trust, you have no confidence in the ability of that chair or the strength of that chair to carry your weight. That's basically what faith is all about. Faith is action based on the trust. Faith is action based on confidence in God. Confidence in the things that God has said. Confidence in the character of God. Confidence in the promises of God. Confidence in the covenant of God. That is what faith is all about. And because faith is tangible, because faith is measurable and verifiable and actionable, trust in the Almighty God, it has the ability to link you with the supernatural and connect you to God. Because faith is that confidence in the Almighty God, it has the ability to connect you with God. The Bible tells us, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is. And he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, you cannot connect with God without faith. You can't. That's what the Bible says. It is impossible to please him. So for you must understand. Faith because it is actionable. Faith because it is measurable. Because it is verifiable. Because it is tangible. It connects you to the almighty God. Because it's a spiritual factor. And because it connects you with the almighty God, faith serves as the only currency that heaven understands. If you want to make transaction in the heavenly places, if you want to make spiritual transaction, it can only happen through faith. That is the only currency that you can spend in the spiritual thing. You cannot take dollar to the heavenly and say, God, no. Even the type that you are paying, that you are demonstrating with the giving of your dollar. It is a transaction of faith. Because you believe that God will reward you when you give. It's a transaction of faith. So it's a currency of heaven. If you want to ever do business with God, you have to operate through faith. If you ever want to get anything from the Almighty God, it has to be through faith. So faith is the currency of heaven. And because faith is the currency of heaven... Anytime you exercise faith, it provokes response. It's just like when I show up at a particular store and I bring out my dollar. The store owner will respond by doing what? By selling me the goods or providing me with the service. The same thing when it comes to spiritual things. Because faith is the currency of heaven. If you want to transact business with heaven and you want to get heaven's response, you produce faith. And as soon as you produce faith, God responds. That's what it means. And because heaven responds, when you produce faith, the power of God is released. Which is the product that you are looking for, or the service that you are looking for. The power of God is released, and because the power of God is released, anytime you spend the currency of faith, you challenge God's faithfulness. Because the Bible tells us that it is impossible to please Him without faith. And you are now saying, okay, God, I want to please you. I am demonstrating faith. Because God already conditions his response to your faith. Anytime you do it, God is now obligated to respond. 
Anytime we exercise faith, we challenge God's faithfulness. If you read Malachi 3 that many of us are familiar with, the Bible says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there might be food in my house. And look at the next word. He said, and try me. Challenge me. Anytime you respond to God in faith, you are challenging God. You are saying, God, this is what you said. I have done it. Now you do your part. That's basically what you're doing. And faith is the only way through which you can do it. That is the nature of faith. So you see, my brothers and sisters, faith is able to do all these things and access the resurrection power because faith is able to see into the invisible. Why would you give your money to a group of people and expect that God will give it to you if your faith is not able to see what God is able to do? Because as long as you are not able to see it, you are not going to respond. As long as your heart or your mind or your spirit is not able to connect with the Spirit of God and give you a revelation of what God can do for you, you will not respond to any instruction that God gives you. And the only way you can see into the spiritual, I think John chapter 4, you say God is a spirit. And those who serve him must serve him in spirit and in truth. The only way you can connect with the spirit is through the instrumentality of faith. And faith works because faith can see into the invisible. Not only that, faith works because faith can touch, can hear the inaudible voice of the Almighty God. The Bible says by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place where he should afterwards receive an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing where he went. He heard, faith hears the inaudible. You can sit down here and you say, God told me. How did God tell you? Did he announce and say, yes, my son, da, 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 da. Is that what you heard? Like you did it in the Ten Commandments with Charles Islin? And that beautiful baritone came, boy. That's not how it works, <laughs> you know. If you're waiting for that, you'll wait for a very long time. But faith hears the inaudible voice of the Almighty God because the Spirit of God speaks with your spirit that tells you, this is what I want you to do. The only way you hear that is through the instrumentality of faith. That's why how faith connects and taps into the resurrection power of the Almighty God. Not only that. Faith is able to tap into the resurrection power because faith touches the intangible. The Bible says, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians tried to do, they drowned. In other words, they were walking on the carpet of faith. Any other person who tried to do, you get yourself in trouble. And that is why it is very, very important that you hear what God is telling you before you take any action. If you take any action because somebody else is doing that action, I'm sorry for you. That's what happened to the Egyptians. The Bible says that by faith, the children of Israel walked through the Red Sea as if they were walking through the dry land. But the Egyptians tried it. It didn't work out. Ask the three Hebrew children. The Bible says that the fairy fiery furnace, they were thrown into it. These guys were just walking up and down, having fun. The people who threw them in, they were not in the fire. They just brought them close to the fire. The Bible says those people were destroyed. So faith touches the intangible. That's how it works. Faith also transcends the physical. Like I said earlier on, God is the spirit and those who will minister to God, who will relate with him, who will talk to him, who will interact with him, who will develop relationship with him, they must do it in the spirit. And faith is that connection. Faith is that bridge that connects you to the supernatural. That's why it works. Faith also is what calls the future into the present. Faith is what calls the future into the present. The Bible says, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things which are not as though they were. 
In other words, God speaks to the future and brings it to the present. And the only way that you can experience the future, the only way you can experience it is to call the future into the presence. It's called the law of double creation. So I've used the example for you when you want to build this particular building. You have to, the architect have to imagine how this building will look like. He now takes the imagination, what he calls, what he sees, the finished product. He takes the finished product and puts it on a paper. He puts it on a drawing board and develop a blueprint. And then the builder start building. So the imagination, the picture that he saw in his mind's eye is able to bring back to life. And that is how faith works. And that's why I keep saying that if you do not see it, if you cannot see it, you cannot possess it. The Bible tells us that when he was speaking concerning Abraham, he said that Abraham, I think Genesis 12 or 13, he said, Abraham, lift up your eyes. Look to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. Everywhere, as far as your eyes can see, say, that I have given unto you. Why? Because only what you see is what you can possess. If you cannot see it, you cannot possess it. And that is why faith is able to draw on the power of the Almighty God. He's able to draw on the resurrection power because faith is able to see the future and call it into the presence. And that is why you can receive healing. That's why you can receive deliverance. Because you're able to call it from the future into the present, into your life. And that's how faith works. The question is, how is faith able to access the resurrection power? How is faith able to access the resurrection power? Faith is able to access the resurrection power because faith takes God at his word. You said it, so it is. It looks very simple, but that's exactly how it works. He said, being fully convinced, that's talking about Abraham now, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he's able to perform. So faith has the power to draw on the power of resurrection because faith takes God at his word. It doesn't question it. It doesn't argue with God. It doesn't rationalize it. It doesn't dissect the word of God and try to say, does this make sense? Faith takes God at his word. When faith says, go and put water in the jar and take that water that you are putting in the jar and take it to the governor of the feast that you will have wine. Faith does not argue. That doesn't make sense. That's not how you make wine. Because as long as you are arguing with faith, you are not taking God as his word. And you should remember, this is the same God that said, let there be light. And there was light. Because it has the power to create those things. And he's saying, all you have to do is just believe what I say. Trust me for what I've said. And those who trust him, they see the results. So faith works because it takes God at his word. Faith works because faith is able to see what God is doing. He's able to see the possible future. He sees the end from the very beginning. So he's telling you what you can be. He's telling you where you can occupy. God, that's the way God talks to you. And that's why he was giving the revelation unto Isaiah about the church age. It gives you a glorious revelation. He doesn't tell you the difference. The gulf that is in between. What goes on in between? And that's why people get into trouble. They hear a revelation. God says, I'm going to be X, Y, and Z. But God never tells you the distance between where you are right now and where you're going. It doesn't tell you what goes on in between. It doesn't tell you all the various things that happen in between. So faith works. Faith is able to connect with the resurrection power because it sees the possible future. The Bible says, by faith, he forsook Egypt. Now talking about Moses. Not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing the invisible. Seeing what God is able to accomplish in his life. 
And then finally, faith is able to access the resurrection power because faith challenges the integrity of God. It challenges the integrity of God. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and shall he not do it? Has he spoken and shall he not make it good? In other words, God is a God of integrity. When he says he's going to do something, he is going to do it. And faith is now challenging God. This is what you said. Now do it. And that's basically how faith accesses the resurrection power. The question is that how do you develop this kind of faith in your life? How do you do it? How do you develop the faith that can access the resurrection power? How do you do it? You develop that faith by receiving the word of God. By receiving the word of God that is made flesh. By receiving the Lord Jesus Christ who is the resurrection and the life. That's how you develop that faith. Because you cannot develop the faith when you don't even have a relationship with the resurrection and life himself. So it starts by receiving the word. Then it goes by believing what the word says. Because if the word says you will do this, if the word says I will do this, you cannot experience what the Lord says is going to do unless you believe it. The Bible says, be it unto you according to your faith. If you don't have faith, nothing becomes of you. If you don't believe it, it doesn't happen. But if you believe it, if you are confident that this is what the word says and I believe it, then it happens. It becomes a reality in your life. So how you develop the faith, number one, is to receive the word. That has been made flesh. So you believe the word. Uh, and then you immerse yourself in the word. That means you develop a relationship with the word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You have to immerse yourself in the word of God. To know exactly what it says. Because it's when you immerse yourself in the word. And you kind of marinate in that particular word. That is when the word permeates every aspect of your life. And then you engage the word. This is where the problem of most believers are. God will do it. But I keep telling you. That God has what he can do, and you have what you must do. God is not going to do your part, and you definitely cannot do God's part. That's why he said that we are co-laborers with God. Somebody planted, Apollo planted, somebody watered the thing, but God is the one that gives the increase. There is a relationship that happens. You have to engage the world. Every promise of the Almighty God that he gave to us in scripture, there are always conditions attached to it. If you want to be healed, you must believe. If you want to prosper, you must give. If you want to go up, you must humble yourself. There are conditions. There is nothing free in the scriptures. There's always a condition. Even the salvation of our soul that is freely offered unto us, you have to first of all say, Lord, I am a sinner. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Have you so? If you refuse to do that, then you are too big to be saved. It's as simple as that. Even salvation that is free, you still have to open your mouth. So, for you to be able to develop the faith that will access the resurrection power, you must engage the word. What is the word asking you to do? You do it. As soon as you do it, what happens? Results start coming. Look at that particular widow when he went to Elisha. He said, Elisha, one of the sons of the prophet died. He has left a lot of dead. They want to take sons to be slaves. And he said, well, what do you have in your house? He said, I have nothing but a pot of oil. Say, fine. Take that pot of oil. Go and borrow as many containers as possible. Now, when you're finished borrowing all the containers, close the door, start pouring. If the woman said, that is just an idiotic idea. What has this man been smoking? I say, I have a problem. You are telling me to go and borrow a container. Empty container for that matter. And I start pouring it. What is wrong with you people? 
Eh? What is bad with the medicine? You have received uh, some stupidity with this, your faith. If you keep doing that, you are not going to get anything. But when you engage what the prophet said, and you borrowed, that means you took your own action. Not just borrowed the pot, you brought them into how you followed the instruction that was given by the prophet of God. And you start pouring. What happens? If the oil doesn't flow, then you can go back to Elijah and say, you are a liar. You can do that. But when you pour and the things start coming, then you know that until you engage the word of God, the word of God will not release unto you. And that's why the Bible says that whatever the sole of your feet will tread upon, engagement in the word. You have to engage the word. You have to participate in the process. You have to act on the word. You have to do something. Whatever the sole of your feet shall tread upon, there I will give unto you. If the sole of your feet does not tread upon anything, you are getting nothing. Many of us are waiting. We say, God will do it. God is not going to break down this ceiling and pour money on you. Sometimes he might do it. I mean, he done it in the wilderness. He poured manna upon them. But that is not the normal process. So the idea is that the faith that will access the resurrection power of the Almighty God is a faith that engages the world. And it's a faith also that is submissive to the word of God. Anybody that you know as an individual that you're having a relationship with, and that person, every day you tell them to do something, you are always constantly arguing with you. You have to give them a million reasons for them to do what they're supposed to do. At one point in time, what do you do? You leave them alone. Knock yourself out. That's exactly the same thing God does. God will not keep arguing with you every day. He gives you the instruction you want to follow, good for you. You don't want to follow, good for you. And one thing I always like to remind you of is this. Anything you do for God is for your own benefit. I hope you know that. The instruction of scriptures are for your own benefit. It's not going to make God any bigger. He has already created the universe. What else do you want to do? The guy is already perfect. He's the ancient of days. That means he has already become perfect when he created us. He doesn't need our effort. He doesn't need our obedience to become any better. Anything he tells us to do is for our own benefit. So submission to the word of God is what gives you access to the supernatural and gives you access to the resurrection power. And please understand, the faith that will access the resurrection power of the almighty God is not an overnight faith. It's not something that happens overnight. I woke up in the morning, I claim it, I said it, I claim it. Okay, good. But the people who say it and claim it, ask them what they have done. They have done the work. They just say, yes, I say it and I claim it. And then you see it happening. You think that's the way to do it. But no, it doesn't work like that. You must do the prayer. You must do the fasting behind the scene. Then you can say, receive. And people will receive. If you have not prayed, and you have not fasted, and you came and you say, receive. The Lord will help you in Jesus' name. So the faith that accesses the resurrection power is not an instant faith. It's not a lazy faith. The Bible says that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. The promise of God cannot come to a lazy man. You sit down there, you are not doing anything, I expect heaven to fall upon you. You are sadly mistaken. God is not an irresponsible God. So the faith that connects to the resurrection power is number one, not an instant faith. Number two is not a lazy faith. Number three is not a baseless faith. Number four is not a costless faith. In other words, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you sweat. It's going to cost you sleepless night. It's going to cost you study of the word of God. It's going to cost you a lot of things for you to begin to see the power of God moves in our life. The faith that taps into the resurrection power is a faith that takes time to develop. It's a faith that matures over time. Today you are able to pray for headache. Tomorrow you will pray for something else. Today you are able, you have the faith for a dollar. 
Tomorrow you have a faith for a hundred dollar. You are earning maybe two hundred dollar per week, and you have probably giving twenty dollar tight. And when you ask them, you say, ah, you know, I'm not making so much money. When I make so much money, I will give. If you cannot give twenty dollar, you will not be able to give two hundred dollar. If you cannot give two hundred dollar, you cannot give two thousand. If you cannot give two thousand, you can give two hundred thousand. It's as simple as that. It's just like when you talk about exercise. Come and exercise. Come and exercise. We are going for marathon. You are not exercising for how many miles? Maybe one mile. You can't run one mile. When it comes to the day of running 4K, and you say you want to run 4K, forget it. But that's a story for another day. It's a faith that matures over time. It's a faith that is patient. God will do what God will do in his own time. Not in your time. If you want to access the power of God, you have to be patiently doing what he asks you to do. It's a tested faith. Somebody's going to test your faith. I've always joked about it. Why do you God say that you should be patient? Because of people like me. Who is going to mess with you and you have to exercise patience. The faith that will access the power of God is the faith that is tested. A faith that is patient. A faith that matures over time. A faith that is active and engaging. Not a passive faith. Not a one that sits and says God will do it. It's a faith that is constantly doing something. That is how you do it. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.